You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Under the, without the influence of the Holy Spirit is like someone walking in circles because one of their feet is nailed to the floor. And they keep coming to telling me, how come I can't get over this? You're not relying on the Holy Spirit. You're relying on your own self. You're not relying on your own power. The Lord heard the prayer of Jephthah. And the Lord gave him a great victory. In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you of the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Dave will also share how the Holy Spirit resides in you, guides you towards Jesus, and enables you to see Jesus. Pastor Dave describes the person who tries to live their life without the Holy Spirit as running around in circles. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Judges chapter 11 as he continues his message, Rejected by Men, Chosen of God. final kicker was, hey guys, you're fighting against the Lord God. You're fighting against the number one God, the one true living God, and that's not a good idea. I advise you against this. The Ammonites obviously don't take it. They don't take the peace offering and they want to fight. They want to have a war. Something happens now when it becomes time for war, something happens to Jephthah. Same thing happened to Othanel, and the same thing happened to Gideon. Let's look at verse 29. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. Spirit of the Lord came upon him. God's Spirit upon Jephthah was like the good housekeeping seal to a homemaker, it was God's seal of approval. It was God's seal of ownership. God empowered him by the Holy Spirit now. It was God's way of saying in front of everybody, Japheth, you're my man. It was almost like God was anointing him now with this power, with this power source that he could now do the work that God was calling him to do. This became not only the source of his strength, but it became the source of his courage. When we are beset by fears, When we are beset by anxieties, we need to fill our lives with Jesus and to be filled with overflowing with his Holy Spirit. Jephthah's biggest mistake, we're going to find out, was making a foolish bargain with God. Thinking that he would probably see a bull or a man. We're going to get to that probably next week. And though it was a well-intentioned vow, it was a foolish vow. Sometimes we make these foolish vows, just like we talked about, in an attempt to get God on our side. It's far more to be on God's side than trying to persuade him to be on your side. But what does this prove me? What does this prove to me? A couple of things, if you'll bear with me here. I'm kind of getting off the side here. It proves to me that we have not control over the spirit, 
but we can quench the spirit. We can grieve the spirit. We cannot follow the spirit. This proves to me that a man filled with the spirit might be able to do foolish things, might be able to say foolish things. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't overwhelm you or control you. Like I said, you can grieve, quench, ignore the working of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is supposed to guide us. And that guidance can be resisted. That guidance can be be ignored, even in smaller or greater areas. The Holy Spirit leads us in a gentle way. The Holy Spirit is a helper who comes alongside us and helps expand our ability to reason and to make good judgments. Under his influence, a person will experience real power and real transformation. A person on the influence of the Holy Spirit will be faithful to God and his word in both speech and deed. You can see someone who's really trusting in the Holy Spirit because their life is led by God. And you can see it. When we yield to the Holy Spirit, we receive strength so that whenever we're facing difficulty, we may overcome that difficulty. The Spirit will connect our hearts to the things of God. And this is what the Spirit does. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Jesus said, I have to go. If I go, I will send you another. The word for another is allos. It means one exactly the same. One exactly the same. Jesus said, I'm sending you me. I'm sending you me. The third person of the Trinity, God, the Son, the Holy Spirit, is now here within us. Leads us to Jesus, shows us Jesus, convicts us of sin, convicts us of judgment, convicts us of righteousness, guides us, leads us, empowers us, strengthens us. Someone trying to live their life under the, without the influence of the Holy Spirit is like someone walking in circles because one of their feet is nailed to the floor. And they keep coming to telling me, how come I can't get over this? You're not relying on the Holy Spirit. You're relying on your own self. You're not relying on your own power. The Lord heard the prayer of Jippa. And the Lord gave him a great victory. Let's read 29 through 33. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Japheth, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah to Gilead he advanced toward the people of Ammon. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. So Jephthah advanced toward the people of Ammon, to fight against them. And the Lord delivered them into his hands and he defeated them from Aora as far as Mintha, 20 cities, said, and to Abel, Kirman, with a great slaughter. Thus the people of Ammon were subdued before the children of the Lord. What caused this great victory? What is the bottom line that God acted upon here with this great victory? We read to you last week in Hebrews 11. It was Jephthah's faith. It was his faith. He believed God. He believed God was able to do all that he was going to do, all that he could do. And he was going to give him full reign to do that. 
I think it's verse 32 in Hebrews 11. If you read 32 down, and then what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, of Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Faith that he had. The circumstances of a person's birth, the family which they were raised, are never a handicap to the person who will live by faith and faith alone. God is no respecter of persons. God does not look on the outside. God doesn't look. He looks at the heart. God looks upon the heart of an individual and sees what he can make of them. He wants a heart that is given to them. God is looking at your heart right now and says, where is it? Are you giving me all of your heart? Is there something that you want to do for God? Have you given him all your heart? Have you given him access to your heart? What was Japheth's source of faith? I believe it was the word of God. He knew the word of God. He knew the word of God. Interesting passage. It says that in John 1, excuse me, in 1 John 5, verse 4, says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is our victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. See, we have a very, very strong enemy. And he is threefold. We have the world, the flesh, and the devil. The unholy trio. They work in concert. They work in concert to trip us up. John had said in his epistle that the world was defined by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But Jesus gives special promises to those who have overcome the world by faith. All through Revelation, he says, those who have overcome, you will eat of the tree of life that was in the midst of the paradise of God. You will eat the hidden manna. You will get a white stone, a stone of new name written on it that no man knows. You will have power over nations. You'll be clothed in white raiment. Your name won't be blotted out of the book of life. You're going to be a pillar in the temple of God. He's going to write the name of God on it, the city of the name of the God. To him who overcomes, I will grant you to sit with me on my throne, even as I have overcome and sat down by God the Father. He did over home show and heard all things. This is the victory that those who overcome the world. What overcomes the world? Our faith. It's our faith. This is what people are looking for today. People are looking to overcome the world. They're looking to overcome the lust of the world and the pride, and all that that happens in it. So many of us are trapped in the lust of the flesh. We're trapped in the lust of the flesh, whether it be an addiction to a drug, to an alcohol, to pornography, to sex, to gambling, to a relationship, to wanting to be in a relationship. We're addicted to these things. We're addicted to the lust of the flesh. There's so many lures out there that try to ensnare us. I envision I envision Satan there with a fishing line. And every time I'm sitting there by myself, 
No one's around. He starts. Very patient. Very patient. As I flip through the channels on the TV. He's very patient. That didn't work. Hmm. Look at my lure box. You've been fishing before. You've been fishing before on the lake. What's going to bite today? What's going to hit this lure today? Oh, that didn't work. I'll change lures. Hmm. Fishing for us. He has all kinds of lures just waiting to ensnare us. Waiting to grab us. What, the, what, what does it say in Hebrews 12? One. Lay aside what? The weight. Now we say weight of the world, but it really just says the weight. And what? The sin that does what? So easily ensnares us. You don't think that our enemy knows what ensnares you? Well, he may not know what ensnares you, but he sure knows what ensnares me. And there he goes. Come on, Dave. Take the bait. Come on. I open up my email. And praise God for spam. But I'll click on my spam to erase it. And there will be some emails there. And I kid you not, some of the foulest written things I've ever want to read in my entire life are on my email. One click away. One click away. It's a snare. Out there everywhere. Out there everywhere. You go through the TV channels and all these things you see. It's a snare. It's a snare. What do they they want to do with that? They want to put you in bondage. They want to put you back in bondage. They want to put you back in bondage. What are the prophecies that the Messiah would do when the Messiah comes? He would proclaim liberty to the captives. He would set the captives free. And he would open up the prison doors to those who were bound. He would set you free. These are the good tidings that he came to proclaim. This is the freedom from the bondage of sin. In Christ, we've been set free from the sin and darkness. This is one of the reasons why we've called our program Freedom Through Christ. Because there is no freedom any other way. There is no freedom any other way. The only freedom comes through Jesus Christ. In him is our victory. There is victory in nothing else. Faith. Faith in him. Believing in him. Matthew tells a great story of the two blind guys who followed Jesus. And when he came to their house, they said to him and asked him to heal him. Jesus responded to him and said, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes. And Jesus' response says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. The centurion said, Jesus said to the centurion, as you have believed, it'll be done to you. Remember the centurion? I got a sick servant. I got a sick somebody at my house. He said, don't come to my house. I know you're a good man. Just say the word and he'll be healed. As your faith. He told one woman, great is her faith. And then there was the woman trying to touch the hem of his robe. Remember the woman trying to touch the hem of his robe? Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Many of us believe, and we believe that God is able. But I think we need to take that next step.
I need to believe that God will do it. I need to believe that God will do it. We all believe that he can do it. We're just not sure if we will, and our faith wavers. You believe that God can set you free from the bondage of anything that's holding you down. If you believe he will, then I believe he will do that. Faith, we believe. Believe that God wants to set you free from bondage. But boy, have a failure, believe. Don't believe that someday he will. Believe he'll do it now. He says, you can overcome the world. There's victory for you in Jesus Christ. You don't have to be in bondage to the world, the flesh, the devil. Christ defeated these foes of the Christian life on the cross. These foes have been defeated. They've been disposed with. They've been disposed with. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I've overcome the world. For this purpose, he came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil, he says in chapter 3, verse 8. Paul said that the old man was crucified with Christ so the body of sin should no longer reign in you. But the victory of Jesus will be imparted to you by faith. He told Paul that Christ's strength was made perfect in our weakness. So he is, who is he who overcomes the world? What made Jeppe's faith so important? He believed. He had faith in God. Remember what was deemed righteous to Abraham? What was imputed righteous to Abraham? Why? Because he believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. I'm convinced that God wants us to live with an overcoming life of victory tonight, today. Just like Japheth. Just like these guys. I believe that he has provided all the resources that we need to live this victory. I believe that it was all accomplished one place on the cross of Jesus Christ. And I believe that we can have that victory. We can receive that. Paul said in Romans 8.35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? Distress? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Pearl? Sword? No. In 36, as it is written... For thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. 37, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I can't claim being a conqueror myself, but I'm a conqueror in Christ. That's where my conquering is, in Christ. There is freedom in Christ. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, he said, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is where the victory is. And in Romans, our victory is through him that loved us. In Corinthians, God has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. It's the same thing. You go back to 2 John or 1 John, 1 John 2, 13. I run into you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. I run into you young men because you're strong. And the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the wicked one. John imitates that the power to overcome came from the fact that the word of God was abiding in them. If Christ is abiding in you, the word of God is abiding in you. And that's where the victory is. We have victory in the word of God. It is through our faith. When we read the word of God, our faith grows. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more we know him, the greater our faith becomes. We should never be in a position like Israel. 
because of what has Christ has done in our lives should be at the forefront of our minds. We know that he is ever faithful, even when we are faithless. He is faithful, and we should have that. And that should give us all the power, all the strength to know. 1 John 5, 5, who is he that overcomes the world? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. See, these people we study are no different than you and I. They are no different than you and I. Paul says, we're the epistle written on the hearts of men. We're God's letter to them as they look into our lives and they see us. Yeah, we're going to get dirty sometimes. We're going to scratch our nose. We're going to fall. But we have a story to tell. And we want people to know our God through Jesus Christ. We want people to rely on him, trust in him. I don't know what's going to happen with this election. I don't know. It's a mess. But you know what? I get tired of thinking about it. I'd rather look at, look at the Lord. I'd rather think of him. I'd rather think of him. You know, and I'm going to leave you with this because just, just the Holy Spirit wants me to leave you with this. I'm not going to worry about that. Paul, writing to the Philippians, he writes in chapter 4, verse 8, I love this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there are any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. When all of this election garbage gets too much for you and you're taking it all in, we start thinking about this. And you know what? You go back and you look at these words here. Who is the truth? Jesus. Who's the most noble? Jesus. Who is just? Jesus. Who is pure? Jesus. Who is lovely? Jesus. Who is always of good report? Jesus. Who has any virtue and is always praiseworthy? Jesus. He says, meditate on these things. Meditate on him. I think that's where we need to be in this time. Meditate on him through his word and be strengthened in our faith. Believe that God has freed you from these things. Amen. Now you know why I couldn't get into the vow. Anyhow. God can speak to us through these words. And it is true. And it's every bit as true today as it was when it was written. And we need to glean from it that which he would speak to our hearts today. And we have to look at it. Now, I, again, challenge you to take some time on your own and read verses 1 through 28 of chapter 11. There's a lot of narrative there. There's a lot of things going on. But try to look and sit before God and say, Lord, explain this to me. You are Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of Judges and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. If you'd like a CD copy of today's message, just give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. 
We'd love to pray for you as you journey through this life with Jesus. So please let us know how we can do that. We're so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you with each new edition of Assure Hope. But we want to encourage you to find a local church to attend regularly as well. Being a part of the body of Christ gives you a place to learn and grow with other imperfect people while providing an outlet for your unique God-given gifts. If you're in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship and Bible study, and childcare is available. We are excited to have you join us. For more information and to get directions, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. That brings us to the end of our program for today. Thanks for tuning in to this verse-by-verse study in Judges, and join us again here on Assure Hope.